You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. HD Oklahoma City. A product of Tyler Media. Reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. 1077 The Franchise. Now, the Franchise NBA Insider Show. Jerry Ramsey and John Hamm break down the NBA and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stats, analysis, and opinions. From the peak to the locker room to the road. No one has you covered like the franchise NBA insiders. No OU football today on the flagship station for OU football and sports. So what do they do? They hand over the controls to the franchise Thunder insiders. 10 to 12. And we have the heavy hitters, the big boys and, and girl. Big girl. I can't yeah, say, don't forget about me. Well, you can't say big girl, can you? No, nah, don't call me that. That's not, yeah. Okay. I did have a bagel for breakfast, but I'm not big. Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris. We are the Franchise Thunder Insiders. You're Bill Lumberg. <laughs> calling us in on a Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to need you to come in tomorrow. <laughs> John. The Oklahoma City and surrounding areas need our insight on what's going on with this Thunder team now, guys, more than ever. Thank goodness we are all inside this business to give the insider <laughs> info on the insider show. <laughs> okay, so that's a, you are just a bundle of energy this morning. <laughs> you, you, okay, I understand why you're upset. Why? I do. I understand why you're upset. Okay. And uh, we'll get the roundtable going immediately with this, okay? Yep. The other night, the Oklahoma City Thunder dropped one to the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, that's unusual. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they swept the season series last year in the regular season. This is true. Only to go down in the playoffs. I remember that. Because it was Dame time. There was there was a waving. Which there's a central time, mountain time, and Dame <laughs> and time. And now Dame time. Yes. Uh, John, in the uh, post presser that was attended by me and Brady Trantham, by the way, and we were so close, we were sitting right next to each other. Oh, yeah. We didn't do that seat in between. We were literally touching legs. Oh, as oh. this is going on, second base. Good job. Billy Donovan is asked a question by the senior member of this Oklahoma media scrum. I think the guy's 102 years old. What's his name? Uh, he works for the Oklahoma Barry, S- Sir Barry Trammell. Barry Trammell. Anyway, so yes, the old man opens up his sage mouth and says, <laughs> oh, "No," in so many words, Billy. You played Utah, they went to Donovan, right? They went to uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you played Houston, they went to James Harden tonight. You see Dame Lillard. Billy, is there a concern that there's no no one knows who to go to here in Oklahoma City yet? Is this what you're upset about? You're upset for the first time in a damn decade. You have to do some damn work and figure out <laughs> who that dude is. Let's go round circle right now. It is under two minutes. It's a close game. Where do the Oklahoma City Thunder turn? Probably whoever they draft in 2021. (laughs) If I had to guess. Oh, you're talking about like right now. John Snarky Ham. (laughs) Full of all the snark. Wait, so the snarkiest, right? I love it. So much. The brim of snarky. Yeah. 
Who the hell did they go to, John? You mean this season? I, well, we're here. Might as well do it. Yes. And, and so, and to further clarify, you're talking about the guys currently on the roster? Yeah. Or, yep, we'll go with there, too. Yes. Or, or can I imagine what it'll look like here in a month or two? Oh, no, Dragon. We'll imagine Dragon later. <laughs> but right now, with the current roster that the Oklahoma City, uh, minus Lou Dort. Yes. And who's the other two-way guy that's not playing right now, Brady? Devin Hall. Devin Hall. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, you asked Brady and I answered. I'm that guy. <laughs> it's Hey, listen, it's the first show. I'm a know-it-all. I am that person that just really gets on your nerves. <laughs> oh, right now, currently, yes. But. <laughs> okay, who do you go answer to? Answer the damn question. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander, okay? And that is, if you'll go back to the Washington game, remember, uh, hit the three to tie the game at 84. I, I, 83 or 84, I forget which one it was. It was 83, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know it all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know it all. I don't remember it all. Uh, coming out of a timeout, they put the ball in Shea's hands. That is despite the fact that both Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul are on the floor with him, right? The true point guards. Uh, they put the ball in Shea's hands. So uh, this is this is what I keep uh, like trying to remind people. This season, by and large, is about the future, right? Just imagine Jack Nicholson in the Batman movie. Think about the future. That is what this is about right now. And you got to get Shea some of those reps, and you got to get him comfortable for, again, down the road. Are you just going to piggyback with this old man, or do you have a counterpoint? Well, if you're going to talk about just the five games that the Thunder have played, Dennis Schroeder. Now, long-term, it has to be Shea Gildas-Alexander because he's the point guard of the future. He's the face of the franchise moving forward. But as long as Billy Dom is going to close with that three-guard lineup, which on paper, I understand why. You want to put your you know, your best players on the floor when you're trying to win a ball game. I understand that. But it has not worked because it takes opportunities out of Shea Gildas-Alexander's hands. And it kind of plays into Barry Trammell's question of, is it concerning that nobody really knows where to, who to go to? There's so many hands on, on the floor. It's, there's not a clear-cut guy. Dennis Schroeder's been the best player, um, especially over the last three games. He's really, like the Golden State game, he was the reason why the Thunder pulled away so quickly. Houston, he had another good game. Uh, the other night, he had a very good game. Uh, he's played at a level that I, I don't even remember him playing last year. Uh, Madison, I'm going to ask you to squeeze the rest of the moisture mm -hmm. out of this washcloth. Ew. Is there, <laughs> is there anybody left that the Oklahoma City, I'm just anybody left that the Oklahoma City Thunder can go to down in a clutch situation. You should totally give it to Steven Adams. Did you see that three-pointer <laughs> that he made to start the season off? Like, I swear he's capable of doing that again if they just give him the chance. That was so long ago OU was still undefeated. I know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to piggyback off of Brady a little bit just because we've been talking a lot about Dennis, especially on our podcast, and I, I've been so impressed with the way that Dennis has evolved this season because I feel like he's taking on more of a role. He's playing with a lot more confidence. And so, I don't know, the way that he's been shooting the ball, him and Shea, like, they are definitely the shooters of this team right now because they're being very efficient with their shots, but they're also taking them. And so, I, I don't know, I really like those two, and I would probably give it to one of them if it was going to come down to, like, crunch time. And uh, I'll say, Brady, you know, brings up a good point. I mean, Dennis, he, he had a rough uh, two games to start the season, mm -hmm. uh, has played a lot better since then, to the point to where they, I think they almost need to move him on. <laughs> I mean, His like, trade value is through the roof right now. It, it's not really so much that, but, like, you know, again, when people think of making trades, they usually think in terms of, that guy's playing poorly, I want to trade him. Right. Or that that yep. other guy, I want to trade my player for that guy because he's so good. It's almost like they may have to in order to open up some of these opportunities we talked about for Shea, for for Hamadou, for Baisley, for others. They may have to move Dennis just to open that up. 
Like you would imagine, just because the, the talk around the team, uh, not necessarily within the team, but when you talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder, it's okay. When is Chris Paul going to get traded? We don't know, and a lot of that has to. A lot of that de- deals with another franchise, and according to reports, and they're just reports, they're, not a lot of teams are biting this early. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you'd think there's such a logjam at guard, and like I kind of already complained about the three guard lineup. Um, it would make sense if Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder are going to be a part of this team long term, but they're not because you you want them to all understand how to play with each other as quickly as possible. So by the end of the year, it's a well-oiled machine. Hopefully. No one cares about the end of the year um, with Chris Paul or Dennis Schroeder. And like you said, Dennis Schroeder, if you trade trade him away, get something back in return, it elevates the op- the amount of opportunities that you can give Shea Gilders Alexander, which is ultimately better for the future. Yeah, and again, like I said, Jack Nicholson, the Joker, think about the future. <laughs> I always think Boogie Nights and the meeting that they had uh, right before the 1980. You would go to Boogie Nights. It was the future. They were thinking about the future on that one. This and- team needs an enema. <laughs> I'm lost. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Batman. Okay, Madison. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, yeah, which, which one, one have you seen? Which one have you not seen? I've, I haven't no, seen Batman. the one where Jack Nicholson plays the Joker. Why? It's charming. I, I don't know. Because it was in 1989. It was 30 years ago. She probably hasn't caught it on AMC Classics or something. No, you're right. I haven't. And like, and like John and I are glued to all the time. <laughs> and after Tango and Cash. <laughs> Batman's not on a Russian state television that often. Well, if it's not streaming on Netflix, I probably haven't seen it. That's how millennial I am. All right. So the Thunder are one and four right now give me a concern level remember last year they started out 0 and 4 that was without uh, the russell westbrook uh they still had paul george uh they still had jeremy grant uh and some some talent there but they patrick went, patterson they went 0 and 4 uh the thunder now are 1 and 4 Concern level. Give me give me a uh, one to ten concern level, and tell me why or why not. It's it's just so different from last year. Last year the concern was, oh my goodness, this is a title contender that if they don't you know if they don't figure things out, well then they're going to get eliminated in the first round, right? That that was sort of the concern last season. This year, you know, yeah, you you want them to be what competitive. You want them to win games. They're competitive. Um, the defense looks really good. The offense is is clunky. You gotta you gotta give that a little bit of time, so I don't know. It's I, I I don't know. I don't think that there. I don't know that there is for me a concern level because the things that are important, the young guys getting some burn, showing that they're capable and and worthy of the time they're being given, that's sort of the important stuff right now. Um, for I mean for me, I I'll agree with John, but from a, a fan's perspective, it really depends on how you view the season. Like, do you want your team to win every single game that you sit down and watch? Or do you want them to lose as many games so that they can increase their draft position? So, really, it's a win-win. Um, you you lose a lot of you're going to lose a lot of games. You're going to have a good draft position with just your draft pick, but you're also going to be able to develop guys that would otherwise not be able to get a lot of opportunities for a title contender. So, like Darius Baisley, um, if Russell Westbrook and Paul George are still on this team, we have no idea how many opportunities he gets. And this team is going to get a lot. So, ho- ho- hopefully, it helps out for the future. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really have like a necessarily like big level of concern with the team because here's the thing. I think that right now they're at a pretty good point because they've kept all their games super close and they've really like played to a high level. And so I think, you know, every team is either going to start off super hot, but they're going to crash and burn eventually, or they're going to at least like start off a little bit slower, but then they're going to have their spurts later on. So I really do think this team right now with how well they are playing and feeding off of each other, I think they... 
I, I don't know. I think they have the potential to at least get a little hot as the season goes on. And I mean, kind of what Brady said, I mean, it's kind of a win-win right now because, you know, they're they're playing good basketball. I think they're going to turn into a better team later on, depending on like moving pieces and who's going to go where. But right now I'm, I'm kind of happy where they are. And I, I don't know if that's really all I have to say. Like, I think I think they're fine. That was Forrest Gump you're listening to. Uh, Brittany, <laughs> Brittany, all I got to say about that. Brittany Trentham, John Hamm. Uh, we are the Franchise Thunder Insiders Show. Uh, when we get back, we'll look at today's matchup and further on in the schedule throughout the week. Uh, great stuff coming up. You're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insiders Show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Make the switch. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 107.7 The Franchise. Oklahoma City and New Orleans play today. Four o'clock tip-off. The uh, NBA primetime. Big time. That's where they. That's where they put the big time games. Four o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays. Yeah, they do. Battle of one and fours. You can catch the countdown to tip-off with Dave Garrett, Desmond Mason, and John Hamm today. Oh crap! That's me. <laughs> Live from Flint, underneath the Cold Court Hotel. Um, yeah, I'm gonna need you to come do the pregame show at three o'clock. Well, okay, he is like just making you work today. Can we? Okay, can we? Okay, can we open all? Can we open all our mics here and get this out on the table? Okay, let's do this, and the listeners need to hear this. Flop it on the table. I am the boss. <laughs> I am the boss. I know Lumberg. I am the boss, and so sometimes. I have to schedule things out and tell people where to be and how to be. And the last thing I need is some sass. Are we all together on this? Am I wearing enough flair for you? Just thank God you're not a coat rack or mass and be in there and yeah. beat the crap out of you. <laughs> after you. Uh, Real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> Side note, John. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've been catching the social media butterfly opening of, of Miss Madison Morris. Sure here. have. <laughs> Okay, Halloween night. And, and yep. listen, I'm not saying anything that your 8,000 followers don't know, Madison. And You're growing. Right. Yes. Uh, slash. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. You went straight rock star on our ass. Didn't I you? definitely did. Dress like a rock star, act like a rock star. That okay. was my Halloween motto. So you were slash for Halloween. Yes. Uh, you guys were at some. Uh, some I think it was the Drunken Fry. That's what the, is that what that place is called? Yeah, it was yeah. never been there before. I had never been there either. It was cool. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe you'd had a uh, a beverage or two. What? No. <laughs> On Halloween night? In a bar? <laughs> no. <laughs> Water. And you literally got in a fight with a... Okay. Here's, yeah. Here's what I read. You got in a fight with a coat rack. Yep. And then turned the entire bar yes. against the coat rack. I seriously did. So the, this coat rack that had no coats on it was just uh, standing in this corner. It had that sticky spider web stuff on it. And, like, I was standing by, and it kept getting stuck all over my jacket. And so I was, like, kind of trying to, like, bat it away. And then all of a sudden, in my completely sober state, I got really angry at this coat rack and started calling it names that I can't say on the radio. And then everybody in the bar, after about, like, 30 minutes of me getting after this coat rack, like, sporadically, of course... Uh, they all started to hate said coat rack as well. And so everybody hated the coat rack. It was disgusting mob think. <laughs> it was. When, when like human beings just devolve into animals. Yep. You are a Blake Shelton song. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are from the same hometown, so it makes sense. 
Thank, Makes sense. Thank God you got out. Uh, <laughs> mm, prayers. 1077. The franchise 1079 in Tulsa. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder take on the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm glad you slapped that on there. We can hear you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this brought to you by Loves. We all have our Loves patch on. Yes. Are you smacking your Love patch? Yeah, like it, the... it fell off. <laughs> anyway, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans also one in four. Who did they beat, John? Let's see. Who did they beat? Is it the same team that Oklahoma? No, no. They got beat by the team that Oklahoma City yes. beat. Who did? Oh, God. I should know they this. They put the smackdown. I want to say. Uh, no, they beat up Denver. They beat the Denver Nuggets. That's oh. right. Right? That's mm. right. Mike Malone had some words afterwards. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And the thing with uh, that is Brandon Ingram is playing like an all-star right now. And I know I know it's a small, small sample size. Mm-hmm. But, okay, they lose Zion. By the way, uh, the network television is going to love that. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> Between that and the Golden State Warriors oh, being on 84 times. I cannot wait to see all those Golden State Warriors-New Orleans matchups. But, <laughs> but Brandon Ingram has been playing off, uh, you know, out of his mind. And uh, some other guys are getting it done for New Orleans. This is actually a pretty, pretty evenly matched uh, good game coming up. Yeah, again, you mentioned Zion Williamson with the knee surgery. He's going to be out through, I don't know, probably the rest of the month. Uh, we'll see. They, they were banged up a little bit. Uh, Derek Favors set out for a couple of games. Their starting center. Uh, they've turned to Jalil Okafor, part of the Sixers process. But you mentioned it. Brandon Ingram is a guy that's averaging almost 27 points a game, shooting 51% from the field, 50% from three. Doesn't feel like that's going to sustain, but Ingram's been on it. And first, and by the way, I'm also, I'm really happy because, again, he had a blood clot issue that, you know, thankfully it was not uh, the the type of thing that affected Chris Bosh. It was something else that was correctable, and he's back on the court. I mean, his career very well could have been, could have been done. Um, But he is balling out so far this year, throwing in eight rebounds, almost five assists as well. You're right. I don't know how long this is going to sustain, but this is a guy that OKC's got to keep tabs on this uh, to, uh, this afternoon. Madison, what have you seen from the uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, whenever you go in this afternoon that you're going to be looking at? Uh, well, first of all, I won't be there. I apologize in advance to everybody who enjoys my really snarky tweets during the Thunder games. <laughs> but uh, I will be in Stillwater for the Oklahoma State game instead. Um, I'm kind oh, of... that's right. They do play. Yeah, they play ball. today how at 2.30. And adorable. so... Who are they playing? They're playing uh, TCU. The Texas Christians. The Texas Christians. They, they beat Texas, right? They did not. Who doesn't? Oh, wait. Oh, TCU did, yes. Oh, I thought yeah. you were saying OSU. Yeah. Yes. No. There we go. Yeah, yeah. TCU I beat mean, Texas. Much like Kansas, Texas Christian also beat. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Crazy okay. things. Uh, but this doesn't stop you from looking mm-hmm. at a little bit of New Orleans. Tell, oh, no, for sure. Tell us what you, tell us what you've liked about New Orleans so far. So uh, I haven't exactly <laughs> caught a lot of New Orleans games this season yet, but I will say I'm kind of interested in this matchup just because of what John was talking about, uh, how the Warriors were able to beat the Pelicans. I think every single game is so telling of how a team is either growing or uh, falling a little bit. And so I'm very interested, obviously, in Brandon Ingram because he has been a star. I really liked him when he was in Los Angeles also, but now he's really shining in New Orleans. Uh, So that's going to be kind of an interesting matchup. Um, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how the guys are going to pull together, especially now that they've lost four games. Uh, I feel like in the last locker room that we were in, they were pretty discouraged about that. And so I'm hoping there's a little bit more fire, especially at 4 o'clock on a Saturday. Like, that's like the peak of energy so i don't know i'm kind, i'm just i'm really interested in this game i think it's going to be a good one i really do think the thunder can take this win 
I mean, yeah, the thing about Ingram is he has the look. Like, when he's on, he has the look of an all-star basketball player. The problem with him has just always been consistency. And like health. The, and health, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you go back to that first game opening night when they played Toronto. I mean, the first two minutes, he looked like, is this Kevin Durant 2.0? And then he <laughs> went through, like, a five-minute stretch where he couldn't hit anything. And that, that's just Brandon Ingram. So it really depends on what Brandon Ingram shows up today. Um, good one. It's bad for Oklahoma City's chances. Good, uh, bad one. Uh, good for Oklahoma City's chances. But... If you guys do remember, Jaleel Okafor, I I believe his first start last year was in Oklahoma City against Stephen Adams, and he had like a monster game. And it was probably the one reason why the Pelicans decided, hey, let's let's hold on to this guy for a few more years. So uh, it, it should be a good matchup. There's going to be a lot of talent, a lot of lottery talent out there. Um, I'm excited. There was nobody happier to see Anthony Davis do what he was doing last year than uh, Okafor. Like, he actually got to get on the floor, get some minutes, and show off why he was a, a very, very high draft pick. So, uh, the carrying over into this year, I, I don't see anything different. Yeah, and, I mean, you talked about Steven Adams. That, that's sort of been like the giant elephant in the room. Um, you know, here's a guy that has, you know, understandably, uh, had he got... He got worked by Rudy Gobert in game one. Okay, not unusual. He sort of got worked by Thomas Bryant. That's a little concerning. Who? Thomas Bryant. <laughs> yeah, the, the former Indiana center. Come on, he's, he's, he's a household name. Um, and so, yeah, Steven Adams is, you know, one of the things when, you know, people are talking about this team, like what's going on with him? And if Jaleel Okafor is going to come in and have another one of those games against Steven Adams, Steven's got to step it up. Well, I'm kind of curious to see if Steven's even going to play today because Billy was talking about it yesterday. Steven right now is very questionable because he's still dealing with that knee contusion. Um, also, Nerlens Noel, he's probably going to play, but he did get his foot stepped on uh, during Wednesday's game. And so that's been some soreness he's dealing with. Uh, it might be musky time, y'all. Mm, we need we need some music for that. Set it the might be musky it, it's time. It's gonna get musky in here. <laughs> it's uh, gonna get real musky. Okay, I this is it. This this has to be addressed. Okay, uh, Mike Muscala is a pretty decent three point shooter, right? We're coming in. Um, uh, his percentages. He's were, not shy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you say shy, do you mean like he he's will? Not, when, he's if not he's scared a, to do it, or he's not shy, Gilders Alexander? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful when you say that nowadays. He's not Shavante. <laughs> so, um, he's not had a great start to his uh, his Thunder career here, shooting the ball. It's the damn dimensions of the Chesapeake <laughs> Arena. It has to be right. It has to be. Think of all the great shooters that have come to Oklahoma City to die. I mean, you can literally count them on one hand. Here, here's, my, here's my counterpoint. Didn't seem to bother Clay Thompson in game six that one year. Mm-hmm. No, it's, Hadn't seemed to bother Steph Curry. I mean, like, other opponents come in the building, and they shoot just fine. It, it bothered Steph Curry the other day whenever he showed up to Chesapeake. Uh, and, and two, it's because it's kind of like cataracts. Uh, it develops <laughs> over time. It develops <laughs> over time. If you spend uh, enough time in Chesapeake Arena, you, you lose that shooting eye. Ask Anthony Morrow. Ask uh, McDermott. I mean, ask uh, McDermott. Never had a chance to really like get enough, get enough of that aura in his eyes. No, I, this is what I've talked about. When people complain about OKC not getting any shooting, they've gone after available shooters that they can get. Uh, Morrow was a guy that was actually effective until basically he couldn't defend well enough to you know to play, and he became a trade chip. Alex Abrinas had stretches where he was shooting the ball real well. Oh God, I forgot Alex. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean that's another guy. Okay, Patrick Patterson. Uh, was a guy that he had hot stretches. The January he had last year was was sensational, um, but you know just wouldn't sustain. Um, they've gone after and acquired a lot of available shooters that they can get. Some of them 
turned out okay. Jeremy Grant turned into a nice three-point shooter for this team. Paul George, obviously not bothered uh, shooting the ball in OKC. Other guys, the role players, not of them have, have come through. Hot Stretches, by the way, is a podcast that I'm going to be starting here pretty soon. Mm. TV's Jerry's Hot Stretches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you going to do it while you're stretching? No. Doing hot yoga? No, but you'll see. I, I'll, I'll put plenty of video out, and I'll... I'll CC you in all of them. I can't wait for you to ask Madison to film all that. Nope. <laughs> the answer is no. Right now. I have, I have new interns. You guys yep, are doing yep. a great job. Uh, but Brady, okay, so you know he's talking about the shooting in Oklahoma City. They have good shooting on this team. Yeah. I think during media day, John and I talked to Danilo Gallinari about this. The Oklahoma City fans are going to love you whenever you have a stretch where you're going to hit three or four uh, three-pointers in a row. You can see the shooting on this team, but – Somehow it's just it's not working. The ball movement isn't working. It's getting stuck. Twenty four second shot clock violations. What the hell is going on? Yeah, well, the ball is moving, but it's not necessarily moving in in a way that's conducive to good successful offensive basketball. I mean, the ball is flying around half the time, but it, it's just really inconsistent. And that that's going to come when you've got a bunch of young guys that have been thrust into a position where they now have more responsibility than they've ever had. I mean. Everybody understands Shea Gillis-Alexander was a great player last year, but he was the third, fourth, and sometimes the fifth option for the Clippers, so he didn't have the responsibility that he has with the Thunder. Um, then you go, you can even go down the roster, guys like Hamadou Diallo, who's, who's uh, been getting a lot more opportunities. Um, then you add to the fact that Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, those guys have never played with one another, and then they've never played with anybody on this team. So, yeah, five games in, I'm not expecting this to be a well-oiled machine just yet, but... It is a little concerning because, like you said, there's a lot of great shooting on this team individually. It just they've not been able to put it together except for Golden State. But who hasn't against Golden State? It, it seems a little labored is how I would describe it. There's there's not a lot of flow there. It seems like they're having to work hard to get off some shots. Madison, defensively, what do you see from this team as far as you know the combinations that they're putting on? They're going three guard a mm-hmm. lot of times. Uh, just matchup-wise and defensively, how do you think this team's been doing so far? I've honestly been surprised with, like, guys that I don't think people look at and think, oh, they're so great defensively. Like, I've uh, Brady and I were talking about this. Dennis Schroeder's been really incredible on defense lately. Um, I even think Hamadou Diallo has been really good. There was one game I think he picked up, like, four fouls, but, that yeah, you just can't do that. But I don't know. I, I've been surprised pleasantly by the way that they are able to defend um, good teams who are supposed to shoot because what you guys were saying about the Golden State game, uh, Steph Curry didn't even look like Steph Curry in that game. He wasn't able to get his shots up even when he was – uh, able to get really good shots, they still they still weren't even falling. So I think they're at least putting a good defensive pressure on teams that are coming into Chesapeake that is kind of taking away their ability to shoot the ball as well as they normally can if they're elsewhere. And Steph Curry had his left hand when he was He here. did have his left so. hand, we'll RIP. We'll get into the Golden State situation here after the break, and I think I can collectively speak for all of us when I say, oh, no. Oh. oh. Where where is my tiny violin? Oh, poor, oh. Where did I, poor I can't find it in my in my backpack. We'll talk about all that <laughs> stuff. Uh you're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, John Hamm, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, and of course me, Jerry Ramsey, Chisholm Holland, who does a lot of our post games, uh, and some whenever he even shows up. Uh he does a ton of them. Uh but <laughs> Chisholm says on Twitter, you guys have posters now? Absolutely. Why not? We've taken time to brand ourselves. Uh, Not only are we, just honestly, the best coverage from any outlet here in Oklahoma City and surrounding areas, we look damn good. We should print that out. We we should. And enlarge it. 
See, you're on to something. Here. Yeah, I know. This is great ideas. And then hand them out to coat racks. Yeah, okay, yeah. Can we have a bat signal? No. <laughs> hate coat racks. I mean, uh, Brady and I recreated the uh, the creation of Adam that one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even did that. That's some branding for you. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. We'll talk about who's impressed us out of the young fellows here on the Oklahoma State Thunder team. We will talk about the Golden State demise. And I will give you my random top five NBA thoughts and have you guys discuss them. Brady, who the hell do you guys have suiting up for Miami? We'll talk about that when we get back. One zero seven seven, the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. It's the franchise Thunder Insider Show. Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Brady Trantham, and Madison Williams. Now listen, we are the core of this Thunder in, uh, the, uh, the Thunder franchise, Thunder Insider Show, right? But Aaron Davis does a great job doing post game this year. Chisholm Holland does a great job doing post game this year. Desmond Mason. Still around, the only NBA player on any airwaves that you can get the unique, true perspective of what it's like to be out there and put your hand in the hardwood, or whatever the hell it's called. And of course, the return of DG, the return of David Garrett. I know a lot of you out there are thrilled that he's back on the franchise airwaves. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with him uh, for the last couple of weeks. John, you've done, a, you'll do one today, done a pregame with him. Uh, the silky smooth taste of David Garrett back on the franchise and no one else does a broadcast like Dave Garrett. So we're all so happy to have him a part of this, making this the best team of, uh, I don't know what we are. We journalists slash personalities slash whatever the hell we are. Opinionated people. Nice. that we I like it. Covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, you, you just, you can't get coverage like we provide anywhere else. Anywhere. So you want to read it? Do you want to see it? You want to smell it? We give it all to you. Can we? Can you taste it? Damn it! Is that the one I was missing? Or, that's, all, that's what we're missing. Okay. All the senses. Somebody uh, make some cookies. I'll I'll let you taste it. Isn't there a pro wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> Dumb button. I'm just kidding. Isn't there a pro wrestler that has that as his catchphrase? Or can, can you taste the rock? Or no. what? <laughs> did I? Did I? Yep. Did you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just top me and stupid stuff to say on the radio? Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Can you taste what the rock is smelling? <laughs> That's nope. 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 <laughs> uh, so far, the Oklahoma City Thunder. We knew it would be a time of transition. Uh, a lot of new and na- a lot of new names, a lot of new people in places and stuff like that. Uh, let's start off right off the bat with who's impressed me the most on this team: Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo has gone from what I thought was going to be uh, a, uh, a thing they were going to try to do and make him a defensive specialist, right, into a pretty important rotational guy uh, when it comes to Billy Donovan's rotation. Yeah, and look, the defense is going to get him on the court. That's very important. Uh, but what he's able to do in transition, uh, how he's able to attack the basket, how he's able to sneak in. I mean, he's grabbed like, I don't know, 400 offensive rebounds, it feels like. Um, he's just He provides a burst of energy. And we saw this last season. Remember, to start the season, we were all kind of surprised that this supposed title contender had Hamadou Diallo out there getting key minutes. He darn near lost his leg in Oakland. And then (laughs) (laughs) that was was like sort of, you know, it it affected him somewhat. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. He has been impressive. 
Yeah, and like, and I saw Hamadou Diallo down at uh, Summer League in July, and I mean, like, like you said, like you just said, John, the defense is going to keep him on the floor, but it's also going to be the thing that can keep him off the floor really quickly because if he picks up fouls, that's going to be his problem. But I was looking at the completely wrong, the complete wrong thing when I was trying to evaluate Hamadou in July, and it was like, what's his shot look like, and what does his defense look like on the perimeter? You're not going to see that much in summer league because you're playing fringe guys you're playing g league guys it's kind of unfair and the shot is still what it is i think he's still what is he shooting like 16 percent from the three-point line it's it's not overly impressive but what has impressed me is just his his body control his touch around the rim he can put the ball on the floor now and he he's not getting silly offensive fouls he's he's um finishing at the rim he's become he's become a really impressive player and probably the player that surprised me the most uh this this season so far but madison um, it's it's either going to be him, it's either going to be uh, him, Darius Baisley, or Shea Gales Alexander. That's probably impressed everybody watching mm-hmm. this team so far. Yeah, no, I like Darius a lot because I think when he is able to uh, have the opportunities that he needs on the floor, that he's able to really utilize them because the kid has a lot of talent if he's able to hit those shots that he puts up. I think he does pretty well on defense too. I think he's trying to you know become a more well-rounded player. He is still young and uh, he's. You know, this is the first year in the league. He's still learning kind of the ins and outs of what it takes to be in the NBA. And I think he's doing a good job, especially for someone as young as he is. So definitely been impressed with Darius Baisley. Obviously, um, I will piggyback a little bit off of Hamadou and say that I have liked his game a lot more because I think he plays a more vital role for this team. But definitely Shea Giltis-Alexander because I didn't watch him a ton last year when he was in Los Angeles just because he wasn't exactly like a big name. He was a rookie. He was still kind of learning the ropes. But now I feel like he has come to Oklahoma City and he just has so many opportunities to be this star, to be a leader on the team, to be someone who is, I don't know, turn, slowly but surely turning into the face of this franchise. And so good for him on that. I think he's a great player. I think he's someone that a lot of these, even like older guys like Dennis and Steven, they're both like 26 or something like that. But I really think that they're having a good opportunity to learn from someone who is much younger than them at only 21. So I think he's doing a good job leading the team, but also still learning a lot about uh, his playing style, the way that he can develop and the way that he can contribute to this team. So I've been really impressed with all three of those guys, honestly. Yeah. And Madison, look, last year with the Clippers, uh, you had Lou Williams, you had Danilo Gallinari, you had uh, Tobias Harris for a good chunk of the season. Like they had a lot of guys that could score the basketball. They didn't have to lean on Shea for a lot of that. Um, and so this is sort of a natural development. This is an opportunity they've given him. He still exceeded my expectations there uh, by by the number of ways that he's able to score. I love that scoop shot. That scoop shot's yeah. fun. Well, it is, okay, it looks like a, a very soft, uh, finesse version of, uh, if you remember, Kevin McHale. He used to get his guy up in <laughs> right. the air and then dip up and under. Madison and, remembers. Like you said, <laughs> and a little scoop shot, right? Yeah. All right, so here's where you guys are going to rip me apart. And I've said this a couple of times, and I honestly believe this right now, okay? He is going to be a great second guy. I don't think that uh, SGA is a guy that's going to be able to carry a good franchise. Now, if you want to be Charlotte and you want him to be like Kemba Walker, or if you want to be that second-tier team that has him as your star, that's maybe could be an all-star if the things turn out right or whatever, he's your guy. But I still think that he is he needs that there's just something not there's no explosion to him. It's real silky smooth, and I get that. But he's gonna need another guy. And I think honestly, a number one guy. I don't think he's ever gonna have a Robin. He's gonna be the Robin. 
going forward. Just by, just stuff I see, and that's just a hunch of mine. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're way off base. And look, this is part of why Oklahoma City is going to have to build through the draft. Uh, when people talk about so many draft picks they've got, um, yeah, it's it's not just that they're going to be able to draft 15 people. It's going to give them the opportunity to move up and down in the draft and try to get the guy that they want. So I think you're on to something. It's, and, and that's not a knock against him at all. There's been some great number twos. Dwayne Wade was a great number two. Hush. Exactly. Kobe, yes. Kobe Bryant was a great number two. <laughs> I mean, there's some, there's, I mean, that's not a, a Tony, uh, Tony Parker was a number two. Kevin Durant. Okay, stop. No, <laughs> I, I, no I agree. No, you're right. Jeff Green was fabulous <laughs> when he was first here. But, uh, yeah. No, Russell Westbrook, a, a really good number two. Uh, where am I off, Brady? Well, Mads. my question is, other than the fact that he's not explosive, like, wh- why do you think that, other than just a hunch five games into the season? He does it, like, he, he right now, and I know he's working on it, he doesn't distribute the ball necessarily well. Uh, is that his fault? Th- kind of. Yeah, I would think his it's, assist numbers are slowly growing. As a guy, I, this is why I don't like the three guard lineup. Okay, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. This is why I don't like it because, like I said earlier, it makes sense on paper and it makes sense if you think Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder are a uh, are foundational pieces to move forward with because you want them to understand how to play with each other. Chris Paul's probably going to get traded. Dennis Schroeder, for all we know, could potentially be traded. Don't you want Shea Gillis Alexander to learn all the good habits right now? Because if all you do is teach him how to play off the ball, then sure, Jerry, you're exactly right. He's going to be a great number two moving forward because that's what they're preparing him to be. So unless they have something else in mind, I just think the three-guard lineup at this point in the season, um, when it hasn't worked that well, is uh, detrimental to Shea's uh, development. Madison, I'm going to go ahead and give you a chance to pick it yeah. up about this before I say anything on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with uh, what Jerry was saying just because I think, like, yeah, I, I kind of see where I feel like I want to see Shea become a more well-rounded player before I consider him, like, the guy to go to. But also, now five games through, like, I, I have been super impressed with just how athletic he is and how efficient he is. And I think he is he has such good court vision that he takes all these really difficult shots and he makes them look very effortless. And he's always been a guy who is high scoring. He's always been uh, someone who's definitely up there leading all scorers except for, like, Dennis Schroeder. And so I, I think that's kind of telling just how well he is able to do his job when he is out there on the court. The only thing is, like, what I just said, I kind of want to see him – Uh, have a better opportunity and like what Brady was saying that's not necessarily his fault I want to see him uh, be able to get everybody on the court more involved instead of just take matters into his own hands because I will commend uh, Russell Westbrook on this the guy kind of frustrated me with his playing styles from time to time but he did uh, he always you know was pretty high in the assist category as well Uh, you want to hear the worst reason also uh, that I uh, that I think this I just have a hunch. Oh no, no, that, <laughs> no, that's fine. Sometimes you just sometimes really? it's it's okay to have yeah, a hunch. Like no, I have a hunch about Darius Baisley. Yeah. I had a hunch back in summer league. Sure, and no, I just I just have that hunch that he doesn't have that it factor. And what an old man like radio talk show host to say, but it, it, it's it's true. There's just something about SGA that doesn't have it. And you know it whenever you see it. You look around the league and you see it. You saw Trey Young had it, right? You see De'Aaron Fox has it. Like, you know who has it. And SGA, as good as he is, my God, was it almost 24 points a game right now? Damn, that's that's good for a brother that doesn't have it. And I, I think we need to revisit this throughout the season, Jerry, quite honestly, because like Brady was saying, as this team changes, you know, it's going to evolve how he plays. Maybe we see more of this stuff that sort of satisfies that. Like, for example, can we get Terrence Ferguson a shot? 
can, can, is can, that a good idea? No, I, <laughs> I, I do think it is. I do think it is. I mean, the dude is just basically sort of in the corner watching a guy like Dennis Schroeder come down and, and finesse or, or watching, you know, uh, Gallinari finesse. Uh, now, Ferguson, the past couple of seasons, his usage rate has been like 10%. He's always been a low usage guy to begin with, um, but this year it's around like seven. Like, they are just not getting him the opportunities. If it wasn't for that Golden State game, uh, that usage rate might be, I don't know, half of that. Think about that, too, and I'll let you get to this real quick, though. How the hell is Terrence Ferguson's usage rate lower without Russell Westbrook and, Chris, and uh, Paul George? And, you know, it's a, it's a fair question, and especially when you go back, go back to media day and somebody asked him, like, how do you want to be used in this new style of offense? And he said, I don't, I'm, I don't feel like I'm just a guy that should be relegated to be standing in the corner. And that's great. Like, that's what we all want to see. We want to see Terrence Ferguson uh, use his athleticism on offense, uh, put the ball on the floor, uh, maybe pseudo-manufacture, create his own shot. Who knows? But all we've seen is just him standing in the corner pretty much. Uh, that Golden State game, he hit a corner three, I believe, was his first shot make of the year. Mm-hmm. And then he hit another three. And that that's just what he is. Like, if his ceiling is an athletic 3 and D, then he'll be a, a very solid player and a very important player for either this team <laughs> uh, moving forward or who, like if the Thunder decide to trade him. Yeah, and it's it's very possible that he just may not be able to do the put the ball on the floor. Yeah, and, and that, that's what I was going to get to. I, I just don't see it because like at this point, and I, I don't know if this is insulting to Terrence Ferguson, but I have more confidence when Hamadou Diallo puts the ball on the floor that something good would happen, whereas Terrence Ferguson will either something bad will happen, a bad missed shot, or he'll just stop his dribble and then pass the ball around. No, I completely agree with what Brady was saying about Hamadou, just because I think he is a more reliable player right now, which I feel bad saying that because Terrence has obviously been able to prove himself in the past, but... Right now, through five games, Terrence Ferguson has completely taken away my confidence in his game style because it just hasn't it hasn't been working for him whatsoever. And that Golden State game was by far the best game he's played so far, which I know is not saying much. But I, I just I don't know. It just he's not looking very good right now. And so I would rather have someone else out there, especially in the starting lineup right now. I mean, he's still in the starting rotation. Good for him. But I don't know how much longer that's going to last. If he can't really pick it up. That's nothing bad about Terrence Ferguson. That's everything good about Hamadou Diallo. I mean, yeah, I mean whenever yeah. we're having this discussion, it's because Hami's been playing so well that he needs to watch his back because uh, uh, right there, Terrence Ferguson, that Hami's right on his back there. Let me tell you a guy that was just in town that uh, Terrence Ferguson needs to take a look at and maybe get a little more like Anthony Tolliver. Do you see Anthony Tolliver for Portland because it's coming a couple of days ago? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy is a 3D guy. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a vagabond. He's right. played in yep. nine. He's played for nine teams. I think in his twelve-year career. Okay. Everybody wants him, but nobody wants him. It's but weird. he's he's the a little piece of glue. He can hit threes and defend his ass off. And and honestly, T. Ferg has not been defending great. I haven't seen great defensive moments by T. Ferg yet, and I think Billy's kind of de- uh, dependent on him for it. Now, I, I thought against Bradley Beal, he did a, he didn't. A really good job, very admirable job, and he's had a very difficult task night in, night out. He's only Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, <laughs> Russell right. Westbrook. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, so what? Yeah, so but, mediocre. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all, all things considered, I think he's done well enough on the defensive end. But his, you know, where he was really lethal last season was that corner three. And right now, the the Thunder offense is just not generating that type of shot. You talk about how is he getting the ball less with Russ and Paul George off the floor? It's because those guys used to generate corner threes. They drive to the basket, they draw in defenders, they'd kick it out to the corners, and it would be either Ferguson or Patterson, uh, Jeremy Grant. 
they're not generating as many of those this season. And it's interesting because you look at a lot of these games they've lost. You look at the Washington game where they got it down to 83. They tied it at 83, and then the Wizards finish on a 14-2 run. The Thunder are a really good defensive team. I think they have the best defense in the league. Yeah, Billy, uh, Billy kind of said that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know if the Portland game changed the fact that they're still the best three-point uh, defensive team in the league. I don't know if that's changed since then. But you look at these games, and the inverse happens. The defense kind of goes away, and the offense generates shots that you want. Like against uh, Portland, they got Danilo Gallinari in the corner for a great shot that if he hits that, it's probably a different outcome in that game, and he just comes up short. There are so many examples that you say, like, that's a good offensive possession. If they're just not being able they're just not they're just not doing a good job of executing it, which kind of makes sense with a bunch of young players, a bunch of guys that haven't played with an, with a lot uh, with each other. So, all right. So right now, let's transition real quick, and I want to get into my just random NBA thoughts. I ranked them last night, and uh, NBA nerds, get ready. This is going to be fun for you. <laughs> These are five, and actually six, because five kind of tied of guys that have just shown up this season that are just making me go, "Whoa, what's up with that?" <laughs> So, what's up with that? Uh, number five, uh, Brandon Ingram and tied Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, and there's a lot of debate right now. Milwaukee, um, they made the decision last last season to yep. extend Eric Bledsoe, and it sort of, in a way, cost them Malcolm Brogdon. And, you know, I understand there's concern about how much money he got, um, you know, how many years that he got, his injury history. Um, but, you know, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm waiting for people to scream hard and trade on that one yeah. because they did sign and trade him to get a couple of draft picks and duck the luxury tax. And so they get Victor Oladipo back and they get a little healthier. They didn't played without Miles Turner last night too, but the Indiana team could be pretty good. Oh, no question. I mean, our old friend Demonis Sabonis. Yep. And he's being put in positions where he can succeed offensively. He's becoming, like, I don't want to say the cliche fringe all-star like we do with Steven Adams or even Serge Ibaka back in the day, but he's playing at that level. And, the thing with Indiana that's kind of worrisome to me is don't just assume that, oh, when they get Victor Oladipo back, it's just going to be like, it's going to be great and seamless. I'm very curious to see how uh, Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon work together. Second greatest Sabonis ever to play basketball, guys. I'm, Absolutely. I just, I'm, I'm real confident about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Only the second ever Sabonis to play basketball, right? Well, well that's it. That's Arvidas that's and Demontis. Yeah. Did Arvidas I think have a dad? I don't know. He has like two brothers, or not Arvidas. Uh, Demontis has like two brothers, but I think they just play over in Lithuania. And, and, and Russ doesn't know what their names are either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know their names. Number four MVP candidate, Pascal Siakam. Uh, oh, Sean, yeah. My friend, close personal friend, Sean Thurman, said it's amazing how good Pascal Siakam looked last year whenever he had. Uh, ho, 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 ho. With the hey, 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 hey. <laughs> was he a great number two? Uh, yes, he was. But now look at him. Uh, the guy is just absolutely killing it for Toronto. Toronto's four and one this season. Woo. He got paid, too, didn't he? Yes, he did. He got that contract. And he is averaging so far uh, 28 points per game, nine, a little over nine rebounds, almost four assists, uh, 50% from the field, over 44 from three. He has been balling out yeah, so far I mean, this season. It's, it's truly special when you can see a player that is very good and then the following season, you can still see that they've made improvements. They've jumped a level. Yep. And you, 
every time you see Pascal Siakam play, like that's that's what I come away with. Why the hell did they not take? Was it was it Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Pascal Siakam? <laughs> Why didn't they take that deal? Oh man, what a deal! All right, uh, this is a personal bias, and I don't know how much you guys can think about this, but Christian Wood for the Pistons, right? Here's a guy that was basically Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, he was not going to get signed. He played really well in the preseason. Then they end up dropping Joe Johnson for him in his spot. And uh, he looks pretty damn good for a guy that had no business being in the NBA. Christian Wood has, he's been a favorite amongst a lot of what we call smart guys yep. uh, in the NBA that, that observe. You know, <laughs> he's like, he's a guy that always plays well in summer league, which by the way, he played at UNLV. So he's familiar with the gym, right? Um, but Christian Wood has been passed around a lot. He's been waived. He's been picked up off waivers. Um, the Pistons picked him up. Yep. And again, Joe Johnson had a bit of an injury in training camp. I don't know how much that played into it. He also but had still. a bit of old man. And <laughs> that's why they dumped his ass. And that too. And Blake Griffin also having an injury hasn't played yet this season. Yep. Open the door for him. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Has Blake Griffin played yet? Nope. No, then I'm not watching the Pistons play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh for Chicago, Kobe White, but not so much him, his hair. How the <laughs> shout out Chisholm Holland is Kobe uh, Kobe White's hair. How is that an NBA hairstyle? It is. It's like a Q-tip on top of a, a guy, and he plays he plays a, a great brand of ball. But man, I cannot stop watching that little like hair bounce back and forth. His nickname should be Fletch because he's six <laughs> five six nine with the afro. Uh, and number one, Brady. Yeah, the, the who, MVP. Who the hell is Kendrick Nunn? That's what I've been asking, like, watching the Heat play this year. I'm like, who is this guy? Undrafted out of uh, Oakland, which is not Oakland, California, as John corrected me. It's Oakland in Michigan, you said? I believe it's in An Michigan. An Oakland uh, University they in Michigan. They made the tournament a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but like it's kind of been trickling out since he's been playing so well. I mean, he's been the Heat's probably their best player outside of Tyler Hero. I got the wrong heat jersey in the offseason, but like, <laughs> like um, it's been coming out, so I guess it should be said on the show. Um, Kendrick Nunn, the reason why he w went undrafted and went to a small school in Michigan, uh, had some domestic violence issues at the University of Illinois, um, was kicked out of school, and then spent four years um, at Oakland. And I did kind of remember his name. I just remember Nunn, and I was I found out earlier this morning, actually come to the station, he was the guy who was neck and neck with Trey Young when he was at OU in terms of uh, scoring averages. So every time they'd share like Trey Young's name and like where he averaged points, like none would be right behind him. So there is a pedigree for good basketball player there. He's not just some bum uh, off, um, off the street undrafted. Uh, now you hope that that was just one isolated incident and that he can bounce back and move forward in a positive way in his life because he's got quite the opportunity now with the Miami Heat. And, and I, I don't know the. If I've ever been able to say this, the Miami Heat have a good young core. Yikes. <laughs> uh, and, too, without Deion Waiters playing, without Jimmy Butler playing, uh, lots of shots Who came lots back. of minutes. He came back last night. Jimmy Butler did uh, last night or the other night. And he looked, showed up at 3.30 in the morning for a 7 o'clock game. Looks really <laughs> rusty. Ready to go. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. This is the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. When we get back, plenty of more on your beloved Thunder. One zero seven seven, the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. The sultry sounds of Aerosmith tells you that Madison Morris is ruining our. No, 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 no. Bumper music. Not ruining, enhancing. You might recognize Madison from her bar fights. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It gets a little crazy.
I got a couple of things real quick, Brady. What you want? TMZ. Where's the damn <laughs> video of her fighting the coat rack? That's just the unwritten rule. When someone's having a little too much fun, you don't film it. Especially John, someone with uh, such a public presence as Madison Morris. John Hamm, remember your first beer? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, I, I We are was, funny this morning. We are so funny. I was <laughs> at least 21 years old. <laughs> are, are you guys old enough that oh, uh, you yes. could have drank legally at 18? <laughs> no. No? I, missed it. I think I missed it by like five years. How angry were you? Uh, no, well, I, I, trust me. I took I took advantage of the of the of the guy that was always hanging outside the convenience store. <laughs> is this in Juarez? No, this is in Oklahoma City. Oh, <laughs> a twelve pack cost you uh, a, a, like three or four beers, so you only got home with like ten or nine beers. But it was pl- hey, Bush Light. It was plenty of it. <laughs> so I am old enough though, Brady to go take my old Coke bottles to the front of the grocery store to buy a pack of uh, Marlboro Lights for my stepdad. I'm that old. Yuck. That's a true story. That is a sad sentence. At nine nine years old, we had enough Coke bottles (laughs) for a pack of Marlboro Lights. So good for you. Yikes! The seventies were fun. Yeah, <laughs> good it was a different time. Good times. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You had to uh, register to conceal a weapon back then. So, uh, <laughs> do I need to take mine outside? I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. Oh my God, he's got a bazooka in the studio. <laughs> 1077 of the franchise. 1079 of Tulsa. It's the franchise Thunder Insider Show. No, this isn't the gun show. Uh, but <laughs> Not d- with these guys. Despite with Brady whenever he wears sleeveless shirts. All right, here we go. The Oklahoma City Thunder take on the New Orleans Pelicans today. Four o'clock uh, tip. Countdown to tip off. Dave Garrett, uh, Desmond Mason, and John Hamm have you covered at Flint Restaurant this afternoon. Go by and see Desmond and uh, see if you can see behind him where John will be sitting. Uh, and say hi to Dave. Uh, also, Brady Trantham is going to be out there. And I believe we're going to have a, a couple of other guys from the franchise making sure that you have the best coverage in all of Oklahoma. As City. always. Okay, so before we get into that, though. Madison, you're not going to be at the Thunder game. I will not be there. You will be cowboying up. Cowboying up. Whatever they do down there in Stillwater. Poke, there. Uh, never mind. Are they going to poke up? Uh, yeah. I didn't want to say that. You did. <laughs> anyway. Stop poking me. So, uh, the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys had a major injury happen this week. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Wallace Truff. looks like he's going to be out for the season. That stinks. That's very unfortunate. How, uh, in the receiving game, how, how are they going to make up for that? So, I think they have a couple of guys who can really step up um obviously everyone knows the name dylan stoner just because he did so well last season uh he's also a a wide receiver he hasn't exactly gotten as many receptions this season as he has in the past and i really think that is just because thailand has been so dominant out there when he is uh but i really think uh dylan stoner can do a lot of good for the pokes today especially in the absence of thailand there's also brayden johnson um he's actually a really good guy that I think has a lot of talent. His kind of gets overshadowed by Thailand also, but I think he's kind of the next guy up behind Thailand because he's also the guy who gets a lot of receptions um, as like a counterpart to Thailand because he is very effective. He's a little bit younger too. And so I think he's just, I I really do think he's going to be a core player, especially in today. But also someone that people don't think too much about is Jelani Woods. Uh, he is a tight end, but he is a very—I I just think he's actually really good at what he does. He was actually pretty um, effective for them in that Iowa State game where they did 
uh, when it was like 34 to 27 or something. That was a big win for the Pokes at that time, just because it did knock off Iowa State, who I think was number 24 at the time. And so um, he was a pretty effective player for them. I think he can step into the role of Thailand today. I don't know what Gundy's going to want to do in that aspect, but I would expect to see a lot of good come from those three guys I just mentioned. Madison Morris, of course, you do the podcast. What's the podcast called? Uh, it's called Come After Me. I'm a podcast. I always forget what it's called. God. <laughs> <laughs> it covers OSU, and you have uh, John Hoover on and other guys, right? Yeah, um, I have had John Hoover on a couple of times. I've done a couple of solo ones, but I'm trying to get like different guests on right now. Just uh, a lot of Thunder stuff's going on. A lot of my other jobs so it's been a little bit hard but i don't want to hear excuses i know we're we're really working on it and so i am gonna have um i have someone planned to be on with me after this game it's probably going to be recorded tomorrow and drop tomorrow is it going to be tyler wallace it's not going to be Tylen Wallace. Busy. He's, he's not. not yeah. I mean, I hate to break it to everybody. It's not Tylen Wallace. <laughs> 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, obviously, whenever we found out that uh, Zion Williamson was 6'6", we knew that disaster would soon strike with this beefy fellow. I still don't get that. What don't you get? Do you remember Charles Barkley? I do. Charles Barkley was my height. Yeah. <laughs> Barkley dominated the NBA. He did. So what's the problem? So uh, what if Zion is six? There is one Charles Barkley in the in the two. We all think of Charles Barkley as the funny haha fatty guy on inside the NBA or whatever. <laughs> that man was dominant. Like the round abs- mound of rebound. He was so good at everything. He could shoot. He could dribble. Uh, he was like you said, just get monster rebounds. Uh, the guy was fantastic. There's only one Charles Barkley. Zion Williamson is a child. He is a child <laughs> in the NBA. And uh, a ton of hype coming behind the guy. But honestly, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans with the Los Angeles Laker rejects, that's that's honestly what I think about them. With Ingram and Hart and Ball, all those guys were L.A. rejects. They seem to be doing okay. That sounds like an awesome band name. The L.A. Rejects. Uh, yeah. That's, you throw yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Madison threw John on yeah. the bus. <laughs> yeah, so, John. I like it. I mean, honestly, I feel like those guys had to escape from L.A. That's a Kurt Russell that's reference. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I feel like they had to get out of there. I really do. I mean, uh, thankfully, you know, Lonzo, I think, is kind of uh, a little out of the, the negative spotlight. I think that's a good thing for him. Josh Hart needed an opportunity, and he's getting that. There's been some injuries. Drew Holiday has been in and out of the lineup. I've always liked Josh Hart as a basketball player, and I think this is a good situation for him. So, um, But, yeah, you, you like what they have moving forward. Look, I was impressed with Zion, what I saw, the, the one summer league game before he, I don't know, like tweaked an ankle or something. They were like, all right, you're done. And, uh, you know, in the preseason before the the knee thing flared up, um, certainly I I hope he can get back on track because uh, obviously he means a lot to that Pelicans uh, organization. I I just can't not I just can't see the Pelicans still and not thank lottery Lakers I understand like all the like this should work and they're in a better environment for development they're in a better environment to succeed and that's all true the thing about the Pelicans until they get Zion back I just I don't know what they are except for inconsistent because Brandon Ingram's their best scorer and I just kind of talked about earlier about how inconsistent he is Lonzo Ball is inconsistent Josh Hart is inconsistent um so it just depends on what like what day you're playing them. Maybe the Thunder are playing them on a day where they're just going to go Clay Thompson and just make everything. Who knows? But um, I, I just don't know what they are until Zion gets here. And even then, I don't even know what Zion is because you, you bring up a good point. Like There's only one Charles Barkley. 
Um, Zion, if he's successful, he's not going to succeed in in a way that Charles Barkley did. He's not going to succeed in that way. He's going to succeed because he can jump out of the gym. Honestly, this whole situation just kind of sucks for the Pelicans because I think they were very, very um, relying, or very much so relying on Zion Williamson to bring a lot of uh, just attention to the name. And uh, that's not really happening, especially because I think people were very excited to see how he was going to do his first year in the NBA, and now that's not happening. So I don't think the Pelicans are as much of a threat as people make them out to be. So that's why I kind of said earlier, I really think that this can be a game that the Thunder can take just because they're going to have to like, they're just going to have to really take advantage of what's given to them out on the floor today. And I think right now where they are compared to where New Orleans is, I think Oklahoma City is a more well-rounded team, even though they've had their struggles and they've lost four games so far. I really do think that the Thunder is a more well-rounded team. Now, don't get me wrong. They do have a Duke standout in Frank Jackson. Uh, I was going to say he had 21 points the other night. Yeah, beautiful hair. Like they, they, he has Brady Trantham hair, just beautiful. Now, now, now. And then, of course, uh, you got guys like uh, Nicola Melli, uh, who's going to start and might get 10 minutes. I don't, it's just a weird thing that Alvin Gentry's doing right now with his rotation. He's just looking for dudes to get it done right now. And look, Gentry is either a really good coach or a really bad coach. It just kind of depends on who you ask. But uh, with this, you know, with these guys that he has right now, Drew Holiday's getting paid a ton, okay? And I'll be honest. I love Drew Holiday. I think he's a great two-way player, right? He's great defensively, a uh, good point guard. He is not playing up to his contract. I mean, it's it's a little bit of the Chris Middleton deal. Like, Chris Middleton got paid because of the circumstance. Like, he could sort of command that kind of money because yep. other, someone else was going to offer it. That's kind of where the Pelicans were with Drew Holiday. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely – there's a lot of intangibles he brings to the team, which are very valuable. But on the court – you know, it, it seems like a little bit of a far cry from when he was an all-star in Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference. And also, an underrated part of this whole thing, we have a reunited of the cousins today. Yeah. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, oh, yeah. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Oh, great. It's bring your cousin to the game night. Aw, cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, Charles Barkley actually, speaking of Charles, uh, highlighted uh, opening night when the Pelicans played the uh, Raptors. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I don't know why Alvin Gentry just has apparently said, go ahead and shoot every time you have the ball, because <laughs> I was excited for, I was excited for uh, Nikhil uh, coming out of the draft, and I saw him as a guy that if he was the, available at that spot, if, if he fell in the draft, the Thunder like could get a nice player, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Having said that, he is uh, he's looked like a rookie. But um, they've also got Jackson Hayes, the guy out of Texas, who apparently, I learned draft night, was born in Norman, Oklahoma, which is interesting weird uh but <laughs> the thing about drew holiday and i've always kind of thought this he's a he's a phenomenal player he's a great two-way player but he played for new orleans for so long was hurt came back really showed out in that uh, f- uh sweep in the first round against the, uh the portland trailblazers that it seemed like everybody was just like oh he's so underrated and that just kind of became the narrative that he that he was so underrated but in in so doing i feel like everybody has overrated him because you guys are right um he's overpaid at this point because he's a great number two now if zion becomes a trans generational whatever type player then great then great yeah yeah no i know you're right and then even a great number two hell i don't see him as a number two he's just a solid point guard for a playoff team if they can get two more pieces like drew holiday 
That that is a ma- he's just one of those guys that just get paid a massive amount of money for what he does. And I've, there's a little bit of the Stephen Adams going on there too. Yeah, good call. I mean, again, some, sometimes the market drives up the price of these guys where they're getting more than probably you know you if if you were to sit down and try to rationally figure out how much a guy is worth. The market will usually come up with a with a different number. All right, 107.7 the franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Uh, whenever we come back, we'll look around the NBA. Last night in one single game, there was something old, something new, and then we'll get on to the uh, team uh, that was once good and now they blew. Did anybody watch the uh, Dallas Laker game? Last Me. Night? I was held up. <laughs> Dude. I don't even know if that. No. What? Do you not know? Do you not get the? No. Dwight Howard. He oh. held Steph Curry at the end of regulation. That's how <laughs> Danny Green got the wide open three. Did you not see the play? No. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch the, it. The, I literally started the segment by asking who watched. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody watch basketball last? Because I don't got anything. Usually, <laughs> when you ask that question, it is because I watched this. Did you watch this? Oh God, have you ever heard my show? That's not how I do it all. I never <laughs> sit down and say, "Have you ever seen Casablanca?" <laughs> well, I haven't. I'm just curious. <laughs> <if you> have. <laughs> never. Good Lord. Way to waste one of my jokes, Jerry. Way to go. Everybody else got it. I didn't get it. I was, I'm sorry. I was busy watching real basketball. Are you guys old enough to have seen oh, Casablanca no. in the movies when <laughs> it came stop. out? <laughs> this is not a running joke for the rest of the season. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. This is why there's a mirror between us. There's, there's a thick pane of glass between the two sides. The olds and the youngs. That's right. <laughs> you know what? I use my coat rack, Madison. Uh, <laughs> hate that coat rack. Don't do it around her. Don't bring up the coat rack. Madison Morris got in a fight with the coat rack. I did. Uh, listen to the, uh, what is it? Are you going to OKC82 podcast? Is this going to be one of them? Uh, I mean, I'm not recording this, but we can air check it and we can make it one I so everyone so. can hear my star-studded story about how I fought a coat rack. All right. So let's get back to... <laughs> I didn't watch the, okay. the, the LA I, I was watching Jack Ryan on okay. Amazon. <laughs> nice. I was watching the morning show with my wife, actually. Okay, with Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. Okay, Steve nice. Carell, yeah. So I guess oh. we're going to depend on you on this one, Madison. I, it's all me. <laughs> However, I do have Twitter where okay. I get to see some highlights. So, yeah. All right. So this was the oldest person, right, mm-hmm. to get a triple-double? Is that what? No, uh, what? oldest person to get a 30-15 and 10 game, right? Right. And the youngest person ever to get a 30, 15, and 10 game. You got LeBron James and Luka Doncic mm-hmm. going back and forth. The obvious, the current king and the future. Uh, and, and look, he's European. He's not going to be a king, damn it. We fought for many years <laughs> for that not to happen. Yeah. So anyway. We spilled tea over that. Uh, but here we go. Uh, LeBron James doing what he does, being the king, and Luka Doncic going back and forth. Uh, NBA Twitter was a fire, like you mm-hmm. said last night. Uh, go ahead, Madison. We'll start with you. Uh, whenever you're watching this, I mean, is it just a fact that Luka Doncic, uh, just like a uh, box of cookies, just would not take no for an answer? I mean, Luka Doncic was pretty effective last night. I was really impressed with him, and uh, there was just a couple of moments that – he he looked way older and more experienced than he actually was because he's really taken the reins on this Dallas team and he has been so good for them. And like I half expected this to just kind of be a Lakers run the entire game just because I mean Dallas is not really a team you can sleep on this season, but 
they're they're Dallas and still like this is Lakers, this is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that whole uh, star-studded cast they have. And so I didn't exactly think this was going to end the way it did. Uh, so when it went into overtime and Danny Green hit that three, I was just like, wow, like this is big. And I I definitely like felt for the Mavericks because this would have been a huge win for them. But yeah, Luca was fantastic. LeBron James showed out. He looked. Oh, gosh, he looked like 25 years old again. Even though I was telling Brady on the break, he was showing a lot of gray hair last night. Yeah, he was, and and he was able to overcome Luka Doncic's razzmatazz. Oh, Scoops Callahan. Awesome. <laughs> LeBron was such a good sport about it. He's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop that razzmatazz or whatever. But. <laughs> yeah, but no, honestly, this was such a good game and, like, really exciting matchups. Um, Like, they showed this one highlight. I think it was Luka was only, like, a couple of years old and LeBron was in his first season of the NBA, which is just crazy to see these two on the court together playing professional basketball. And they both had the kind of game that they had last night against each other. God, I love the NBA. It was so good. Doncic, like, I, I'm like the guy that bought Apple stock back in 1980 oh, when no. it was like, you know, $20 or whatever. I'm like that guy because I have been on the Doncic train. Uh, a few <laughs> years ago, OKC played an overseas preseason game, and Doncic was on that European team, and I just went, wow. You know, th- this kid is, is showing some stuff. I want to buy that stock right now. Um, that's one of the few things I've actually been accurate about over time is Doncic is uh, he's, he's fantastic. So, yeah, last night's game, uh, at the end, the Dallas had a three-point lead. There's a lot of debate. Should they have tried to intentionally foul so that way the Lakers couldn't get off a three? After the game, Rick Carlisle said, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but that's on me. I, I, the, the players didn't do it. That's, you know, he took responsibility for it. And, uh, yeah, the, it was uh, they, they set up a kick out for uh, Danny Green in the corner. And if you watch the film, um, <laughs> Dwight Howard hanging on to Steph Curry and uh, just held him up just enough to keep him from contesting the shot. Now, another question is, why is Steph Curry out there for a defensive possession that late in the game? Seth Curry? Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Okay. What did I say? Anyway, he keeps saying Steph. Uh, he doesn't play in the NBA anymore. That's right. I, I, I forgot. He's broken. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the the other one, the one that played at uh, at Duke. <laughs> uh, no, go no, go ahead, Jerry. I sorry. was going to say uh, a lot of uh, talk has come out though that Porzingis uh, is the. Uh, where is this? Where I was going? just about to say, did you guys see Perk like rip him to shreds on yep, Twitter last exactly. night? Exactly. Oh, no. Yeah, I think he said something basically. Um, you could tell Porzingis hasn't played a lot of meaningful basketball in his NBA career because he gets worse. He's, he's shrunk uh, as each minute has gone by. And, like, I didn't really get a chance to watch the game in depth. I saw some highlights, but you just look at kind of – you look at the box score, 16 points. Uh, that's not going to get it done from your – apparently your second-best player on your roster. That's not going to get it done. He, he didn't get many opportunities in the second half. Um, no, I mean, I, look, I think that's somewhat valid. I mean, if, if you play for the New York Knicks, you're not playing any meaningful basketball until you get out of there. So I think we need to yeah. give him a little bit of time. Well, and the Lakers kind of proved that point, too, because if you look at the, uh, if you look at Anthony Davis, he got 31 points last night. And yeah. obviously that was behind LeBron's 39. So that's obviously why I think the Lakers were able to run away with this, especially in overtime. It, I don't even think this game was worthy of an overtime because the Lakers just led the way the entire time. And I think that's really just because they had a guy who was pretty much on the equivalent of LeBron James, a little behind, maybe like the number two man on the team. And he just he showed out. And that's something that Chris Ops did not do at all last night. Anthony Davis, 0 of 5 from 3. So, look, it happens. <laughs> it happens. A big man can go over for the <laughs> night from 3. Uh, how did Kyle Kuzma look? Over uh, four from three, uh, three of eight from the field, had nine points, three rusty. rebounds. Well, I mean, was he rusty? I got, I have the stat sheet in front of me. Oh, he um, like? yeah, he, I can't see. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, 
he didn't really impress me too much. And I know this was his first game back. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a rush show, but that's exactly what it was. I He didn't exactly have any notable plays that were worthy of saying like, oh, Kyle Kuzma is back and they are better because of it. No, they, like during uh, the third quarter, they actually had WD-40 that they were putting <laughs> on him. To, yeah. And by the way, their most, uh, the most athletic player for the Lakers, Anthony Caruso, or whatever. <laughs> Alex. Alex. Alex Caruso. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Uh, there's a great picture on Instagram, side by side, him throwing down the dunk and LeBron throwing yes! down the dunk. <laughs> I was just about to say, have y'all seen that picture? It's so funny. Right? You look next to it. You're right. I can't tell the two apart. I was looking at the two apart. You kept on saying, Steph Curry uh, for the Dallas Mavericks because you've been chomping at the bit to talk a little bit about what's going on with NBA uh, legendary uh, team, the Golden State Warriors. Light years ahead of everyone. Okay. (laughs) It happened, guys. It happened. They broke. (laughs) Multiple times. Literally broke. First of all... It's like a vase that you dropped on the floor. It shattered. The left hand of Steph Curry, it broke. Yep. Uh, Also, their ability to go out and get a free agent. They broke. (laughs) (laughs) They can't do it either. There's been a lack of cap spikes lately. All right, so here we go. The Golden State Warriors now, and I love this talk, are even tanking better. Than the Oklahoma City Thunder, John. <laughs> yeah, and look, I've, I've got a thing about tanking that I, I, I tend to disagree with the way a lot of people apply that term. Uh, Golden State's banged up, and they're not very good. I, I wouldn't call them tanking. They're trying to go out, and they are playing some of their best guys that are healthy. They're just not any good, and we saw that in Oklahoma City where OKC at one point was leading by 42 points, and boy, that, that defense had a soft doughy center. I mean, <laughs> there was just there was nothing there. It was nothing like the Warriors team we saw from the past few years. Uh, they needed Steph Curry to stay healthy for them to like remain in the playoff hunt. Um, boy, now we're going to see a lot of Jacob Evans. And company now, I guess. Yeah, and you know, people were a lot of people were excited to just see because you know Clay Thompson's probably going to be out for the entire season. A lot of people were excited to see Steph Curry basically go Russell Westbrook 2016-17. I never thought that that was going to be the case. Steph Curry is not that no. type of player. Mm-mm. He 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 is a the best shooter I've ever seen. He is a surefire Hall of Famer, one of the best players I've ever seen. But he's a player that thrives much better when he has somebody to help create for him because he come like he's so dangerous coming off the screens. Yes, he's he's also very dangerous off the dribble. But without Klay Thompson there, without the depth that the Golden State Warriors have had, it's going to they're going to have to ask him to do a lot more stuff than he's been doing over these last few years. And I just don't know if he's that type of player uh, physically that can keep up with that on two on both sides of the floor. Obviously, broken hand, but. Um, it, it, that Thunder game, man, it was comical how bad they were, especially in that second quarter. It mm-hmm. was, it was so funny. It's also comical what Draymond Green has been saying about them right now because that's that's just so accurate, and I can't say it on the radio or else yeah. I'll have to dump it. <laughs> he's he's let out some colorful metaphors, some very colorful. And now he's hurt. His index finger from from pointing at yep. everyone and saying it's your fault. <laughs> your, it's fault. your fault. He finally <laughs> pulled it. Yeah. After all these years, he finally pulled that damn. Uh, and, and listen, I said this about the World Series a couple of nights ago when there was that very uh, that very controversial play, and then Rendon gets up there and hits a home run. Sometimes the sports gods take care of stuff. Right. They absolutely take care of stuff. And so the Golden State Warriors with the cap spike and the Kevin Durant and all that stuff and the Cleveland Cavaliers getting hurt and blah, 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 all that, the sports gods have taken care of something this year. That's what they've done. Uh, The Golden State Warriors are now going to have to figure out, and two, 
John, Golden State Warriors have been bullies for years now. So a what might be a 12-point loss that they would take because they're not as good turns into a 30-point loss because teams are really starting to pile on. And I'm really curious. Look, Golden State is in a huge pickle uh, because they they signed and traded they signed and traded Kevin Durant to get D'Angelo Russell. I think just to more or less recoup an asset rather than lose yeah. KD for yeah. nothing. That hard capped them. They they have a payroll limit they cannot exceed. They are bumping up against that. They've got guys dropping like flies they're playing a lot of guys that are not that good to start with um more change is probably going to have to come and i just wonder draymond green did just sign an extension man if i'm golden yeah. state i take a long hard look at can i go ahead and unload this and and make this part of the rebuild too i wonder if someone out there is willing to pay up the price to bring in someone as volatile but also as playoff proven as draymond green well two quick questions to you then john um are they still hard capped if they trade d'angelo russell yeah no, so that, just for the entire year they're just hard capped until june 30th okay yeah. Well, then the next question is, because that's what I was kind of wanting to get to as well, just the tradeability of Draymond Green. To me, that is a very small list of teams that would even be interested in Draymond Green because for Draymond Green to be as useful and as good as he's been, he can't be the focal point of a team, obviously. He can't even... He, I don't even think he can be the number two. Like, he has he has to at least be the number three guy. Um but he's so, so impactful defensively too. You know, that's the, we we tend to think of you know in terms of ranking who's the one, who's the two. We're thinking offensively. Draymond can swing a playoff series with his defense. Yeah, but he also has Clay Thompson like no, cleaning no, up on the perimeter. No he has well, he the, had Andre Iguodala who is a enigma. Yep. Yeah, he had Andre Iguodala who is a phenomenal perimeter defender as well. So, um, I, I think that we throw the Stephen Adams defensive category at Draymond Green sometimes and I think it's a little unfair because Steven Adams you could tell will he give up a lot of plays at, like when you're watching the game yeah but then you go back and watch the film that wasn't Steven's fault that was clearly Terrence or whoever else that didn't come over and help or Jeremy Grant someone didn't come over and help I don't think Draymond Green's at that level um, of a defensive player I think he makes a lot of great plays but because he had just phenomenal Hall of Fame defenders on his team already I just I think in order for him to be desired by another franchise, it has to be like two or three teams that are title contenders that have great talent around them already. And I don't know if any of those teams exist. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there. Boston. If Boston can can make that trade and you've got Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward out on the perimeter and you're funneling a lot of stuff through Draymond offensively. That's a good, yeah. That that gets interesting. That puts them right back in the East. Would, would any team want to help the Golden State Warriors, though? Sure. I mean, <laughs> if, they're, if they're helping themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Is And, too, if Boston's in the East, I mean, what are the chances that they're going to run into them ever again? Like, honestly, for the next five, six years. Because it's not like, and I'll hear a lot of people talk about this, it's not like Golden State's going to tank this year and get the number one guy. And I'm looking on the sheet. They're going to get, you know, James Wiseman. Or they're going to get... Uh, they're going to get Tim Duncan. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to get that number one guy and all of a sudden be a world contender again. It's not. It just doesn't. Oh, are you smiling? Do you actually think they might? You never know. Well, no. I, really, never I think know. they should just. I think they should just hold on to Draymond because I think the D'Angelo thing will take care of itself. Being hard cap for this season isn't that bad. Um, you'll get Clay Thompson back next year. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. That's a proven formula for success. That's the other thing too. You can just sort of wait this out. I'm just saying, if if there was, 
I know they sign him to an extension. Sometimes that's more to protect the value of an asset than, boy, we really hope this guy's here for five years. Yep. Yeah. If, if you're looking for a reason to unload him, I think you got a pretty good one. The though. same thing happened with Brad Beal. Like, he signed that extension, and people are like, oh, my God, he wants to stay with Washington, or the Wizards are going to keep him. Like, actually, it kind of makes him a little bit more tradable. Yeah, after the season, it does. 1077 <laughs> The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. When we get back, uh, we'll talk about what we think Russ looks like in Houston, and we'll get on to some of our, uh, our guys that have been here, some of our veterans. Why aren't they performing the way that we thought they would? One hundred seven seven, the franchise. One hundred seven nine in Tulsa. It's the Franchise Center Insider Show. During the basketball season, after football season, we're usually on from ten to twelve, and we give you a deep dive into what's going on into your Oklahoma City Thunder. It is a bye week for the Oklahoma Sooners and their football team. Uh, I love the... Do you remember Kara Rice? She was the old lady that used to work here. Oh, yes, Kara. Yeah. Um, she put out a nice tweet saying that she doesn't know in OU Sooner history if there's ever been a time where OU didn't play a football game two weeks in a row. Because <laughs> they lost to uh, Kansas State. Uh, Brady, they, they, that was a fun they, day at Thunder practice for me. <laughs> Billy Donovan's availability, which Billy Donovan talks for... He talks a lot, but it's good for us. It's good for the writers because he gives us a lot of stuff to um, to chew on. Like his gum. But yeah. him, and I can't remember who we talked to player-wise. I think it might have been Danil Gallinari. But the availability that day lasted the entire third quarter of the OU-Kansas State game. So needless to say, I'm very happy I didn't get to watch a second of that quarter. Because it was terrible. <laughs> uh, but they will, listen, they will be uh, No back. touching. Back and ready to uh, go on to their national championship hunts next week. Uh, I would. Why are you groaning? I just. I'm tired. Iowa I'm just, State uh, a seven o'clock kickoff. You want a evening kickoff? Lose. Okay. While they were winning, eleven o'clock kickoffs, prime time, all that. Okay. Now that they're completely out of the race, probably going to the Minute Maid mm-hmm. Bowl or maybe, whatever. Maybe Lincoln Riley's just like. 10 steps ahead of us he was like we need to lose because i need to recruit and that needs to be a big recruiting night <laughs> so if there's one thing we've learned if you lose a game in the regular season that completely takes you out oh that's right it doesn't you can lose at home to iowa state and still go to the playoffs as it turns out uh different situation this year i, mean, I know it's, it's oh, different wow that's they've got same look, old they have got they've got the right two letters on the side of their helmet yes that they helps. do it's not an ugly that, green Baylor, yep. It, uh, that is the great equalizer. You, If you have the right brand name, you can survive some of this. Absolutely. It's not fair. Uh, <laughs> 107.7 The Franchise. 107.9 in Tulsa. Brady, you got some uh, fun facts for us? I've got a fun little stat for you guys. How fun? Let's okay, fun and I'll make it easy for you. Um, this is a New York Nick. This yeah. player is shooting 40% from three on almost four attempts a game, and he's also shooting... 45% from the free throw line. Who is this? Oh. 40% from three, 45% from the free throw line. What? The? That is god awful. I'm going to say Frank Nilakina. Jerry? Uh, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Madison? Any? Um, RJ Barrett. Whoa, she got it. Oh. Whoa, I did. Um, what, what the yeah. hell kind of stat line is 40% from three on four attempts? And 45% from the free throw line on five and a half attempts. What is that? Is that possible? 
Do you have okay? Do me a favor, and I talked about I talked I told John this whenever you because you said hey I got something fun I'm going to put in the next segment. I said uh, and you said it's going to be about the Knicks. Who is the Knicks starting five? Do you have that in front of you, or do I need to pull I can it up? Pull it up. That is uh, the New York Knicks. Remember, one of the biggest markets in the NBA. Very yeah. important. R.J. Barrett, whenever he gets uh, drafted. Uh, he is everywhere. They put his face everywhere as a potential rookie of the year and all that junk. Uh, the truth of it is that, and that, what did Kevin Durant say? This is not cool. They are not. They are not a cool organization at all. Did you pull it up yet? I'm getting there. They had do, do, do you want it from memory or not? No, no. You can look it up. No, no. Like I, I. You literally have it in the top of your head. Here, I've yeah. got, I've got the. Hold on. John says oh, he has. Never it. mind. So, hold on. So, so check him. Go ahead. All right. So they're starting Mitchell Robinson at center, second-year guy. Uh, they are starting uh, Julius Randle at, at power forward. They're starting uh, the, the lesser Morris, or the better Morris, I'm sorry. <laughs> Marcus. Uh, you know, the, the, the turncoat, the, uh, the, the guy who turned away from San Antonio. Uh, R.J. Barrett is your starting shooting guard. And then at point guard, it's been um, hit or miss throughout the season. Uh, they started the season with Alonzo Trier. Uh, they did go to Dennis Smith. They went to, um, uh, who's the other point guard they got? Oh, Peyton. Peyton without the hair. Uh, but lately, it's been Frank Nielakino. Yeah, he's right. That was who started the other night against the Boston Celtics where they lost at the very end on a Jason Tatum buzzer beater. How the hell did they almost beat the Celtics? Weird things are happening. Uh, Alonzo Trier did not play in that game after starting, like John said, at the beginning of the year. And uh, is Dennis Smith hurt? He had a tragedy. He uh, he lost uh, someone in his family. Oh, yeah. So he has been out. Kevin Knox already relegated to the bench. He only got, uh, he played 28 minutes, but only 12 points. Uh, man, here's the thing. If you want, if you want like a under the radar prospect, look at the Knicks roster because they're go- they're going to have him buried behind veterans that shouldn't be playing. They they have no concept of like player development. So if I'm an, if I'm look if I'm OKC, I'm sniffing around. Hey, if you don't like Kevin Knox, why don't you think about trading him to us? Because you just might find a diamond in the rough because New York doesn't know what they got. New York, by the way, is a prime example of a team that would take a Stephen Adams. Sure. New yeah. York is a prime example of a team that would take Stephen Adams to make Stephen Adams a huge star, right? And really not have to worry about putting up productive numbers. I'm dead serious. That's- I can't put my finger on why, but I feel like Boston would too. Yeah. I don't know why though. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. No, there's just something white about that. Yeah. I mean, right yeah, about that. Yeah. Just- They're getting Draymond Green. Right? <laughs> uh, speaking of Stephen Adams, probably. Uh, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here. The biggest disappointment of the Thunder season so far is to see what's going on with Steven Adams. And yes, he has the contused, bruised knee uh, that's going on right now. But John, just like his bash brother, Ennis Cantor's been out with that too. Th- do you think they bumped knees? Just maybe you know they called each other and on, planned it on Ooh, FaceTime. Boy, I love you so. <laughs> that's, that's bumping something else. <laughs> anyway, uh, John, the, one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, Stephen Adams was before he got injured, uh, averaging what the most rebounds he's averaged in his career, uh, double digits. I know, small sample size, all that good stuff. But people thought that it was going to be double double time for this guy, and he he really hasn't looked mobile. Uh, he's looked lethargic, you know, sluggish hurt like he usually does at the end of a season yeah i mean you just go look at his raw numbers he's shooting 31 percent from the field i mean right then and there yeah he's rebounding the ball uh well uh, obviously he doesn't have russ to fight with for rebounds anymore so except for the houston game except for the houston <laughs> game. that was so funny that there was one play where they did and it was so odd yeah, yeah just like old times very confusing um 
But yeah, I mean, look, that has been the disappointment. I mean, we, we talked about Terrence Ferguson earlier. I think from a different degree, he's probably disappointing as well. Um, but Steven is a guy that I think they were sort of, I mean, I talked about it in the preseason. Like, my gosh, they're going to try to make this guy an all-star. Like, they seem to be force-feeding a lot of things through him. Um, and it just hasn't been there. And, and I'm a little concerned, Jerry, because it feels like a continuation of what we saw in the playoffs last year versus Portland. Hopefully, it's it's not that. It's just a slow start. It's something he can rebound from. But so far, they're they're not getting their money's worth out of that. Madison, uh, you've gone to plenty of practices. Brady, mm-hmm. you've gone to plenty of practices. But Madison, I mean, what's going on with Stephen Adams? Great question. I know. I asked it. I know. I know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have been a little bit disappointed just because I really thought this was going to be the season for him. I thought, you know, no, not like dogging on Russell or Paul or anything. But I was like, okay, Stephen is like the OG here. He's still here. All of these other pieces have transitioned. They've moved to other teams, but Steven's still here. This is going to be his year to really prove himself. Um, it's been quite the opposite. And so, I, I don't know. I was thinking about this. You know how last season, I think, the season before, he started off real hot and then really hit that wall and just declined from there? Maybe it's just roles reversed right now. Maybe he's going to decline right now and then turn into this all-star as like December and January approaches. Uh, you never know, though. But I don't know. I think right now he is dealing with injury. I think he's dealing with... Uh, maybe just being a little, I, I don't, uh, just a little banged up from previous seasons, and so I don't know. I really hope that he kind of shakes this off because I really think the Thunder could use him if he does uh, start playing like he used to play. And so I don't know. I, it, I don't think they can rely on guys like Nerlens and Muskie all all season. No, I think this is a good opportunity for uh, opportunity for Thunder fans to take a reality check on Stephen Adams because if your expectation is he's an All Star, like he is an All Star level player. So the Thunder should be force-feeding him, blah, blah, blah. You're probably going to be disappointed because I just don't know if he has... I don't know if he has the mentality to be that forceful on offense. And what I mean by that is all those little examples of when Shea has, like, you know, had a cool little wraparound pass around his defender back to Steven Adams. Steven rarely just goes up and, and finishes it quickly. Like, he will think about it, he'll hesitate, and sometimes he'll give his opponents a chance to recover and defend him and him getting fouled there typically most of the time is a good foul but Steven hasn't been such a poor free throw shooter that it's a bad it's a bad look so if your expectation is that he is that he's an all-star you're going to be disappointed there's nothing wrong with him being a high-end level role player even with his contract because as John has pointed out time and time again there are reasons why his contract is that big um, he's still important to this team I don't I'm not trying to say that he's trash but I think at some point we need to stop and realize this is just who he is. Yeah, and I mean, I still think that there is, I mean, he's averaging, what, six points per game so far, and it's early. We, we, we need to emphasize that, okay? Like, after four games last season, Terrence Ferguson, people wanted him, you know, sent to the G League, and he turned out, you know, to be a very useful player. So a lot can change. I still think that there's a lot more uh, potential there for him to score. I was also thinking, you know, of... Uh, Chris Paul setting him up for a lot more easier looks. We really haven't seen that. That has been probably the most disappointing factor of this entire team yeah, is no the doubt. Chris Paul, Stephen Adams chemistry. It's just not there yet. But yeah. like you said, it's it's still early. That's right. So I, again, there, there's still 
we need we need to we need to save the hot takes for now. Let let some more things uh, sort of uh, air out a little bit here. But uh, I do think Adams has the ability to be more involved with the offense up at the elbow as a facilitator. Uh, getting miss you know if there's a mismatch down low, he's he's got a nice array of moves to be able to get some points. It's just it, he hasn't been able to convert so far this season. Chris Paul against the Portland Trailblazers had 21 points. Five rebounds and five assists. That is a fantastic line for a Hall of Fame point guard player. And it's been one of only a few times that he's put up those kind of numbers. The inconsistency of Chris Paul also has been a huge disappointment. And that 21-point game, 16 of those came in the second half. And that's when Chris mm-hmm. sort of got a lot more involved uh, and and uh, you know really kind of pushed the matter. He has been, and I'm trying to figure: is this uh, is this by design? He seems a little passive. He seems a little more of a, of a secondary facilitator on the floor, and I I get it if that's the design because, as I mentioned earlier, the future is about Shea. Uh, you, you they need to placate Dennis Schroeder, so I think that is going to put Chris Paul off the ball uh, for a lot of stuff. Maybe they need to get back and put the ball in Chris Paul's hands while he's here. Um, and, and let him dictate things a little bit more. But then that goes back to what we talked about from the top of the show. It's, it's a weird fit with those three guys right now, and it's probably just going to take some time to untangle that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, is it my turn? Can I talk? That's why she's the best in the business. Hey, I didn't want to take anything away from anybody else, but I was just going to say that I've been thinking of this since the trade. I wasn't too jazzed about Chris Paul coming because I don't think he is what a lot of people are expecting him to be. There was just... There were a few instances in the past couple of games that I I just kind of noticed that Chris was almost avoiding taking shots. He wasn't really – I know that there's, like, way more to a basketball player than just constantly jacking up shots, and if he doesn't have it, then don't jack it up. But there were a few times where I really thought he had it. He had the lane wide open at one point. He could have easily made the rushing layup. Didn't happen. He kicked it back out to, I think, like, Terrence Ferguson, who obviously missed it. And it was just – I don't know. I'm like, I feel like Chris – Right now, he is giving up opportunities to be a scoring factor for this team, and that's like frustrating to me. Even though I'm just someone who covers this team, like I, I don't know, I want to see a guy like Chris Paul really take matters into his own hands and just you know power through it. If you have it, go take it. But he's just not taking it sometimes. And yeah, he had that great uh, 16 point half uh, th- the most recent game they played, but it was just. It's still not enough. I'm still just not that impressed. Whenever I look at uh, what the Thunder offense is doing sometimes, too, uh, they have three, uh, two-and-a-half point guards at best. I wouldn't say Shea's a point guard right now. But they have, you know, whenever they have the three point guards out there, it's almost as if point guard A starts to play. It doesn't work. Let's go to point guard two, uh, B, or whatever. And it is point guard two because it's all discombobulated. Yeah. Let's go to point guard two. Oh, he runs the same play. Damn it, it still doesn't work. Here's Shea. Here's four seconds. Slither your way to the basket. And that's the kind of offense they've been running. Uh, to your point, John, I, like Billy, when we talked to Billy on media day, and I actually I told him, I said, you have a chance here to innovate basketball because you're going to have three point guards on the floor. If you can figure out a way to maximize this, it's going to look awesome. He hasn't done it yet. Yeah. And, you know, again, the it still applies. It's early. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot on Billy Donovan here to figure this out. I mean, to his credit, and he's shown throughout his tenure as a Thunder coach, uh, he can coach up a defense no matter what guys are out there. Uh, yeah, sometimes it leans too heavily on a guy or two, but, you know, they seem to be pretty solid defensively. That's shown this season. Um, but they need some offensive help here. I mean, this has been – when they struggle to score 100 points, and Billy's talked about this in post game as well, that's a problem. 
I just like, from Billy's standpoint, I just like that he's having the confidence in a guy like Hamadou Diallo, who we can all clearly see is making an impact on the floor. And when he's not in foul trouble, he should be out there in important moments. And the uh, game against Portland, they had to call, did they have to call a timeout to throw Hami out there? Or did they just like, at the last second, just change their minds. It seemed I, like it was a last-second decision, but yeah. I could be wrong. And, of course, Rodney Hood hits the corner three, so ends up not being successful. But that wasn't Hami's guy. That was actually Gallinari's guy. I, don't, I just don't know if Gallinari's that familiar with playing at the five, and especially in this on this team. But um, I just like that he has confidence in young guys, and he's not the type of coach that is, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you've been here for X amount of years. You've been in this league for X amount of years. I'm going to play you over somebody else that could be using this time. Whether it, oh, whether this play ends up being good or bad, this is good development time. This is good development time for Hamadou Diallo and Shea Gildas-Alexander. So I like that Billy doesn't have the fear of, I don't care if they're young. I'm going to throw them out there anyway. Deep cuts. Let's go Baisley. Let's go Nader. Let's go Burton. Uh, anything in the next couple of games, maybe next week or so, that you see any of these guys making any sort of impact? You know, Nader is a guy, you date back to last season, Paul George at one point referred to him as maybe the best shooter on the team. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot of praise about what they're seeing in practice. It just has never translated on the court. And Billy's given him some opportunities. He, you know, he didn't play him in the last game. Um, I don't know. That That's one that you have to look, I think, look at the guy. He's 26 years old. Uh, how high is his ceiling actually? Like, if this thing that you're seeing in practice can that actually be can be can it be realized in a regular season game? And I'm a little doubtful about that. Um, that's where I mean, again, as things change, you you have to wonder if they're going to be looking at that position too. I'm excited for Darius Baisley. I've been excited for him since I saw him in uh, Vegas summer league. Um, he's not going to make an impact like you asked for like what player is going to make an impact he's not going to unless he just has a great day or he just explodes in terms of scoring he's not going to be able to impact a game win or loss that much because he's just not going to have that many opportunities to either touch to touch the ball but when he does have the ball he typically does the right thing and even when he makes a mistake he's trying to do the right basketball play sometimes it's a little bit eh, a little too cute he had a offensive foul in Houston he's trying to throw a behind the head pass to Hamadou Diallo in the corner he typically has the right idea I just love his court vision. I love his confidence out there on the floor. He doesn't play like a rookie. He'll make rookie mistakes. He doesn't look like he's in over his head, and I really look for that out of a rookie. And the last thing that we're going to get to, Madison, I'll start with you. Uh, had a chance to uh, play the Houston Rockets, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we've all sort of, like we would, uh, Facebook or Twitter, uh, stock our X, uh, paid attention <laughs> to what's going on. With I do Ru- it often. With Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Uh, how... Have you? Uh, what's your opinion on how Russell Westbrook's fitting with the Rockets, Madison? So far, so good. Um, I think, especially in that first game when they played uh, the Bucks. Yeah, they ended up losing that game, and I kind of thought that was like a ooh moment for the Rockets, just because, especially with Giannis fouling out, and they were still able to beat the Rockets. That was kind of like a ooh moment. But then they went on to win like three games. I think they they lost to the Nets. Um, that was kind of gross too, just because the nets but i mean i really thought russell westbrook kind of got worked by kyrie irving in that game and that was just like you know it's a good player going up against a good player one guy's going to come out successful the other one's not and so i think russell right now is fitting in super well um how long is that going to last i don't know i think it will i think it'll be kind of a good match for him because he is doing very well i think he i mean he almost got that triple double against the thunder like he's still doing exactly what he's doing probably just to like a little bit more of like an efficient level in Houston right now because it's very new to him. He's still working very well with James Harden. Um, I don't know if those two are ever going to butt heads or if it's just going to work out like 
perfectly in his favor. So far, so good, though. I think Russ is prospering in Houston, and I think it'll continue. Brady, I'll go you next. Yeah, I'm frankly, I'm really surprised that we have yet to see a think piece on how Russell Westbrook is the reason why James Harden isn't shooting the ball too well. <laughs> it's been I mean, bad. Out, outside of the free throw line, which, of course, it's James Harden. James has been atrocious from the floor. But, no, I think if Russell goes into this entire situation with the right frame of mind, then I think it could potentially be pretty. I think it can work really well. And so far, like Russell has played really good basketball. He's played uh, both ways. Uh, it, he's not a defensive stopper. He's never going to be, but he's at least shown some effort. And particularly with the Oklahoma City game, his play late helped win, helped them win that game more so than James Harden because James helped them in the third quarter when the Thunder's offense went to just trash and he did all of his damage, of course, on the free throw line. Fourth quarter, it was a different story. And Russell really uh, drove that ship home for the Rockets, almost said the Thunder. But um, it, it's good to see just because I feel like in a different situation, people that maybe had outside opinions of Russell Westbrook's game that were more on the negative side, I feel like they're, they've are they been pleasantly surprised. Oh, they've been walking things back left and right. I mean, I've, I've seen Rockets fans saying, oh, Thunder fans kept saying how effective it is when Russ gets a rebound and leads up the court. Well, now I get it. Yeah, like we knew. We, we know what he brings. But here's two things about the Houston Rockets that sort of tells everything about their 3-2 and two start. They're number one in offense. They're 29th in defense. They cannot stop anybody. And they have, I'm not going to say the worst defensive backcourt in the league. I would say the most disinterested in playing defense backcourt in the league. How, again, there's still 70-some-odd games left. We'll see what Dan Tony does. But that defense has got to do something more than what they're doing so far. Great show, guys. Right this in the middle fun. of football season. Don't forget, you'll get plenty of this uh, after OU goes to the Sugar Bowl or whatever bowl they go to. <laughs> uh, we'll get that going. And uh, every single week, the Franchise Thunder Insiders show uh, after football season, Saturdays from 10 to 12. Remember, listen to John, David Garrett, and Desmond Mason this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Countdown to tip off uh, before Oklahoma City and New Orleans. Brady will be in the locker room. We'll all be doing great jobs. Madison will be at OSU taking care of cowboy duties. All of us, thank you for listening. Duties. You've been listening to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa.